It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's Wednesday, December 20th. We're talking some Yankees baseball as we bring in Yanks reporter for MLB.com, Brian Hoke. Brian, as always, thanks very much for taking the time. And, of course, this time of year, uh, students all around, colleges, universities, they're taking their finals, but wanted to get your take. What's a midterm offseason grade for the Yankees? Obviously, John Carlos Stanton's in, CC Sabathia back in the fold. So what would be your mid-ter- midterm offseason grade for the Yanks if you're the professor? Very high. I, I think it's very difficult to do more than Brian Cashman and the Yankees have done this offseason. They've been so busy beginning with the manager search, filling out a coaching staff, obviously trading for Giancarlo Stanton, as you said. Uh, I, I think the only merit or marks you can take away, I guess, is that uh, the, the moves they've made have created a couple of holes there. They're not as strong at second base and third base as they were when the season ended, but I think there's still plenty of time left on the clock to do that. So if I have to toss something out there, I mean, look, you had Stanton on the market. This is a guy that any team in the majors would be happy to plug into the lineup. Uh, the Yankees went out and got him to have Stanton, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, possibly all hitting back-to-back. I'll give him an A-, minus, and I think you can round that up to an A once they figure out what they're doing at second base and third base. Absolutely. I think A- minus is uh, pretty appropriate for sure. Uh, CeCe Zabathia, a recent move we just mentioned it. Wow. One year, $10 million. Looks like that's locked in now. He's going to enter his age 37 season. Went 14-5 and last year, 3.69 ERA. And obviously was still a very important pitcher down the stretch for the Yanks. How long can CeCe keep on doing this? Well, they hope at least one more year. I mean, he has done such a good job of reinventing himself. You know, it's funny. You think back two or three years ago, and it looked like this guy had lost his fastball, uh, was really struggling to figure out how he could pitch at reduced velocity. Uh, He has mastered that. And with some help from Andy Pettit, uh, he's picked up a cutter. I I think you're seeing him keeping guys off balance. He's, He's generating an immense amount of soft contact, and that has really helped him. Uh, he's not afraid of putting the ball in play. This is a guy who used to rear back and throw 97, 98, 99. He knows that's not going to be there anymore. Uh, he doesn't have to rely so much on the strikeout. He's found a way to induce soft ground balls, pop-ups, fly balls to the outfield. Uh, CC has, has really impressed me a lot, and this is a guy who's pitching on a couple of knees that are probably going to require surgery at some point. Uh, he, he's fragile. He has a big brace on there to, to get him on the field. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, but you cannot argue with the results. Uh, as far as veteran presence in that clubhouse, it, he, is, he is a huge presence there. Uh, the Yankees really rely on him, and I thought that was a layup to bring him back. Uh, he didn't want to go anywhere else. I know that he talked to the Angels, he talked to the Blue Jays, but uh, at this point of his career, I, I think CCC's the ability to win a World Series in New York. He, he makes his home just across the George Washington Bridge in New Jersey. 
I think this is exactly where he wants to be. He began his career with the Yankees, getting a World Series ring, and let's see if he can finish it with one, too. I think that that would be a, uh, a perfect bookend for him. Absolutely, and yeah, he mentioned there's some unfinished business with this team, so I think, uh, yeah, that would be a perfect bookend, certainly, to, to his career to be able to do that. The Yanks also pulled off another pretty shrewd trade, it seems, to clear up money. Uh, maybe you can kind of tell us more about this. Chase Headley going to the Padres along with pitcher Brian Mitchell, Jabari Blash going back to the Yankees in that deal, but this is a lot about money, right, and clearing up space to get below the tax threshold. Yeah, that's a precursor to something else that's going to happen, and I'm sure that Brian Cashman has a, a pretty good idea of what he's going to do there. But and that remember that was before the Sabathia signing was official. So I, I think what that did was that increased their budget. They had about thirty million dollars after that Headley trade to to work with, and still stay under one hundred ninety-seven million. You know, we're estimating because you know. Eight of the players that they're going to pay for next year, the arbitration figures aren't exactly set. But anyway, it was about 30. CC uh, will knock that down to 20. Now you've got $20 million left for the rest of the offseason to fill your other needs there. And as we mentioned, they've got two holes in the infield. Maybe you go on the cheap with one of them. Uh, they've got Glaber Torres, who I think everybody agrees is going to be a bona fide major league player. He's on the come. Uh, maybe he doesn't begin the year on the opening day roster. Maybe he goes to AAA, continues there. But you were going to see him at some point last year if he didn't get hurt. I, I think that Glaber Torres fills one of your needs in the infield, and now you've got $20 million to go out and fill the other one. So I, I think there's a lot of different ways that Brian Cashman can get creative, can still do this. Um, I know he wants to add another starting pitcher, too, possibly. So I think there's a, a lot of different permutations that they could go with, but uh, the idea was Hal Steinbrenner wants to see a roadmap where they can get under 197 and reset that tax rate. Uh, it's not an absolute mandate. They don't necessarily have to do it. They've been in situations where they could have done it before, and they went out and signed Masahiro Tanaka because they felt that he was worth it, and they were going to pay the penalty, and that was fine. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I, I think that with the Stanton trade, with the Headley trade, uh, it, it's all part of that desire from ownership to Brian Cashman to see if there's a way to get under 197. So I think that if you do the math, you can figure out there's a possibility there. Yeah, and from what I was reading right now, it's the lowest amount since 2011 then that they've been over that paying that luxury tax, second only the Dodgers right now. But does it at all connect? Could there ever be something in place where they're trying to clear more space as well for next off season where Manny Machado, Bryce Harper uh, would be available and free agency, and is that something that is in the, the back of the Yankees' minds as well right now? Yeah, I think it's always in the back of your minds. Uh, the Yankees, they do look at things down the road, and uh, obviously we have all been talking about Machado and Harper and that awesome free agent winter that's coming, so I'm sure the Yankees have talked about that behind closed doors, but now that they've traded for Stanton, maybe that's changed a little bit. I, I think that the urgency to add another huge salary like that is probably reduced. Um, it doesn't mean they can't do it. I think that if Manny Machado's out there and the Yankees need a third baseman, they're going to go after him. I mean, I, I, I'm, they're going after him right now. And uh, I think that if, if they were able to fit him in and the Orioles were willing to do that, I think the Yankees would make that move to plug him into that lineup because that would just be a lethal lineup. Uh, if not, they're prepared to go forward. With They've got guys like Miguel Andujar and Ronald Torres and Tyler Wade and obviously Glaber Torres, as we talked about. These are all guys who could plug in at third base. 
with the exception of Andahar, they can plug in a second, too. So there's a lot of different ways Brian Cashman can go here. Um, I think that the 2018 Yankees should be a very, very strong team. And the 2019 Yankees, if you put Harper and Machado on it, <laughs> I mean, look out. You know, So I, I think that uh, hey, we've been saying for a while, you may look back four or five years down the line and say the 2017 Yankees who finished one win shy of the World Series were the weakest team in the last four or five years. So it, it's exciting times right now if you're a Yankee fan. Yeah, that, that is crazy to think about. Might as well, if you had a Harper and Machado, just send the whole team to the All-Star game. That's pretty much what you're getting right there. Uh, when you look at um, moves that could be made, you mentioned some in terms of the, the short term right now. We've heard rumors about Patrick Corbin, maybe Brandon Drury from the D-backs. Uh, what else are you hearing there? And also just, yeah, specifically in terms of the pitching staff and ways to solidify that even more. Yeah, those are two names that the Yankees have definitely made contact with Arizona. They did that during the winter meetings. Uh, it's been slow moving on that front. They've also been in contact with the Pirates about Garrett Cole. And I, I think that Pittsburgh asking price so far is something that the Yankees have not jumped at. Uh, the Pirates asked for Esteban Florial, the, uh, the exciting outfield prospect who they had down at Charleston last year. I uh, played in the Futures game. Uh, and this kid, I, I think that everybody in the organization agrees that he is going to be one of their top guys over the next few years. So the Yankees do not want to give him up. Uh, I, I sense that they are more willing to give up Clint Frazier, who, as we know, was the centerpiece of that Andrew Miller trade with the uh, the Indians a couple of years ago. Uh, they, they still believe that Frazier's going to be a very good major league player, but he's blocked now in the outfield. You've got Gardner, Aaron Hicks, Jacoby Ellsbury, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, it, it's a tough way to get some playing time, and so uh, I think that if they can find a way where they can cash in a chip like Clint Frazier, uh, maybe a pitching prospect like a Chance Adams, and turn him into, say, a Garrett Cole and, and fill one of their needs without giving up a player like Floriel. I, I think that I could see the Yankees doing that. Um, but I think that if you know Brian Cashman, he operates stealth a lot of times on this. Uh, so he, uh, you remember with the D.D. Gregorius trade, that kind of just popped up out of nowhere and, and happened. I, I think that that's, uh, that's the way they operate. I would expect that's how it's going to go for the Yankees, but they are working on it. I can tell you that. And uh, they're engaging all opportunities on the trade front as well as the free agent market. Yeah, I mean, Brian Cashman, I don't think there's anyone better at being opportunistic and capitalizing on different situations that come up. That come up. Uh, clearly, Cashman has uh, excelled at that. And just to wrap up here, Brian, uh, one trade, big trade went down within the division, Evan Longoria. Going off to the West Coast to play with the Giants, I mean, I know there's not a direct correlation, but in some ways when you look at the AL East, it's waving the white flag a little bit when you look at the Yankees and Red Sox at the top of the division. But just your overall take on that Longoria trade, going to the Giants and uh, prospects coming back along with Denard Span as well. Yeah, I, I, my initial reaction was I'm sure the Yankees are very happy to have him out of the division. Yes. And then I, I went and looked up the numbers and, He's played the equivalent of a full season. He actually played 168 games for Tampa Bay against the Yankees, hit 35 home runs against the Yankees. He tortured CeCe Sabathia, so I'm sure that he is thrilled to have Longoria out of the division. I'm sure the Yankees are very happy he is going to San Francisco. But I, I think in a broader sense, it does speak to 
other teams in this division realistically looking in the mirror and saying, wait, are, are we good enough to compete with New York and Boston? And I think that in the, in the, the cases of Tampa Bay and Baltimore, they have looked in that mirror and said, mm, not this year. Uh, so I, I think that uh, you, you can definitely look up and down this division and see a ripple to the, what New York has done, what Boston has done, and other teams are, are being forced to make hard assessments of themselves and, and realize uh, that maybe they're better off cashing in a guy like an Evan Longoria if it can make their team better for 2019, 2020, 2021. I, I think that you have to look at the long-term future there and, and realize that as pivotal as a guy as an Evan Longoria was for the Rays, and really he's the face of that franchise, uh, it's time to find a new face of that team because uh, brighter days could be ahead, but it's probably not going to happen in 2018, not with these powerhouses back in the AL East. Yeah, no question. It reminds me a little in the NBA of the Warriors situation where teams just say, hey, we're not going to beat them, so let's just wait till a few years down the road and then rebuild from there. Brian, thanks as always for the time. Uh, happy holidays and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. You too. Absolutely. Brian Hoke joining us. Thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.